There is a space where you are all you need, where you are all you want. All there is is here. Welcome to the Source Connection, conversations about who we truly are, the possibilities of creation and the new earth we are birthing, with your hosts, Tara Long and Liz B. Welcome to the Source Connection, one more episode. My name is Liz B, and I'm here with my co-host, Tara Long, and our very special guest, Tom Barnett. Thanks for being here today, Tom. Thanks for having me. Yes. We'd like to start off by just arriving in this moment, so I invite all of you to just close your eyes, just start deepening the breath. Noticing your internal landscaping. What is the mental body doing, the physical body, the emotional body? And I'm going to ask you to place your left hand flat on the center of your chest, facing the right. And then with your right hand, bring it close to your body like you're taking a pledge. We're going to touch the index finger and the thumbs. We're here in Gyan Mudra for a moment. And with the eyes closed, we're going to take a deep inhale. We're going to hold the inhale and we're going to puff the chest up. And you hold it for as long as you can. When you cannot hold it any longer, you exhale. And then hold the out breath. We're just going to do that for a few moments, at your own time, finding your own rhythm. Just dropping in, feeling your heart beating.
And in your next inhale, just go deeper and hold even longer. And exhale, release the hands and just mm, open your eyes or not. I tend to not want to open my eyes after this stuff. Mm. So, Tom, you're alive from the future. How is it out there? Has it <laughs> changed yet? Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful sunny day. It's a good part of the world. Mm. So... Tom, you came into my awareness last year. So I'd like for you to, let's start with you maybe introducing yourself and what has brought you to this present moment. Yeah, sure. So I, well, I grew up pretty normal and uh, normal childhood as far as schooling and sport and family life. And, uh, but I always knew something wasn't quite right. I was quite rebellious I was always a good kid as in everyone's parents loved me and all that sort of stuff because I was well-mattered and polite and you know could speak well and whatever but uh yeah it's just throughout schooling I started to get a lot of you know red flags that things weren't quite right things weren't adding up what people were telling me and what they were telling me to do didn't seem to add up and I didn't and they didn't add up either so by the time I got to my teen years I was quite disillusioned couple that with all the hormones that start running when you become a young man and, and confused and no elders to uh, keep you in line or to guide you or give you a rite of passage kind of went right off the rails at, at that time and did a lot of silly things and uh, then I found martial arts and sport again I mean I was a competitive tennis player when I was young and then uh, you know I fell out of that because it wasn't cool and then I didn't like the pressure and then I got into martial arts and then that kind of straightened me out uh, I got into business and sport and that was right around the time that I was just leaving college because I just got, I didn't like any of the educational system at all. I found it was, uh, <laughs> it was backwards and people couldn't answer my questions and got angry at me asking questions. And so, uh, yeah, I just, I knew it wasn't for me. So I was looking for alternative ways to live. I thought you had to go to school, go to college, get a job. That's what I thought you had to do. So then through my own health issues, as I got very sick, being out of balance in a big way, I found all of the alternative, uh, I guess, practices or teachings, knowings that I was really looking for, I guess, my whole life, but, but I didn't know I was looking for them. And so that led me down the path of being a holistic health practitioner. I got into natural law because I also knew that nobody could push us around and just give us random fines for things with arbitrary dollar amounts and so I followed that path as well. And so I did that relatively, uh, what would you call it, quietly for a number of years. I got a little bit, not sick of it, but it just I just didn't see people taking enough responsibility for themselves. So I got out of that and I just wanted to serve others in a more modest way and just kind of serve myself. So I got into just literally gardening. And I lived in the, in the bushes, in tents, in the beach. And I just lived very, very simply for a number of years. And uh, then I made a video about viruses when uh, coronavirus came around because I thought, I was like, come on, there's no way this is coming to Australia. This is just, no one's going to buy into it. And then everybody was buying into it. Well, so it seemed anyway. So I put that video out and then all of a sudden I got a lot of attention and it turns out that 
a lot of people knew that it wasn't legit, but they didn't, they couldn't put the pieces together. And so uh, that seemed to have a really positive effect. And then, so from there, I've been drawn back into the world of, uh, you know, natural health and also natural law. Wow, natural law is something that Tara and I started exploring last year. So mm-hmm. glad that you're here with that, you know, many years of knowledge of that. Because like you, we were also like, wait a minute, there's something here that's not adding up. It can't be this complicated. And oftentimes we're here talking about how simple it is, how simple it all is if you're really self-sourcing, if you're truly connected to your own self. And one of the things that... <clears throat> I've gotten from you is this clarity, this integrity and clarity that through every time I've seen you speak or be interviewed, it's just very simple and very clear. So I commend you for that and I really admire you. Thanks. It's good to know it helps. Yeah. And Tom, um, there's so much, so much that you just said that I resonate with and have had very similar experiences in this lifetime. Um, but I, just in this past year, I wonder if what new has emerged for you inside of you? Like, have you learned something new about yourself or what has died? Um, you know, what have you left behind and how have you, what has it been like to stay true to that alignment for you? Well, it's been very easy to stay true to it because I never... It was never difficult for me to do that because uh, everybody's different and I'm more introverted. So I'm very happy just being by myself, playing music or in the garden. Uh, I don't particularly need other people's approval. I don't need attention. Uh, I don't need any of that. So for me, it's very easy. I know a lot of people find it difficult because they become ostracized from friends or family and that's very hard for them and I I get that. Um, For me, I guess it's just, it's been an easy road for me in that regard. Um, not sure why, but just has been. And uh, I also find that uh, the positives that, that I've really found a close-knit tribe, especially in our community, because uh, beforehand, I feel that uh, people were relying a lot on their, they weren't really living as much in their truth and probably me included. If anybody ever asked, I would say, but I never really just took the time to just speak my truth. And so that's changed since you know, in the last year has changed a lot. And so for others as well. And I find it really positive because it used to be that you would be in with a larger group of people and nobody really knew where everybody stood. So everybody always agreed on this bit in the center, but all these other more probably juicy parts that you never knew where you stood with other people, but now you really do. And so I think it's actually been a blessing. doesn't mean that you don't get along with others or you don't respect them. You can certainly respect another for their point of view, but you also know who's got you back and who doesn't, which is getting back to more of our roots as I guess where we came from as a you know tribal uh, group of people. So that's been very, very positive. And then for me, what's died off is um, a, a little bit of a lack of faith in humanity. That's come back. I mean, yeah, we see a lot of people who are just doing what we consider to be where, where's your thought process. But at the same time, I didn't know that there were this many people <laughs> that, that do align with uh, being able to think for themselves. And so that's been huge for me because I really did. I got a little cynical about things. Uh, that's why, one of the reasons I dropped out of being a holistic health practitioner in, uh, in the first place. Uh, now it's good because I guess anybody I work with would have seen some of my videos 
or been referred or whatever. So that it's just, it's a lot easier. There's no having to bridge a massive gap between what they think will be the solution to something. And then, you know, they've had an easy path into what I would personally teach, which has been good for me. And the part that's died off, not only is it that lack of faith in humanity, which has been restored, uh, but it's uh, it's getting out of my own way even more because I think we, you know, I'm for, I'm 40 now, and uh, I think it's part of that evolution in anyone's age at 35 to 42 age bracket. If you're familiar with the seven year cycles, it's kind of coming to uh, it's really coming through for me in the last year. I think it's been accelerated from the last year of events in the world. Wow, so much to unpack. It's oftentimes I refer to what you spoke of the divine Avengers coming together, sort of, like we're finding each other all over. And it's not more like, it's not only local, but it has expanded to like this global community where, as you were saying, like you find people in different parts where you feel connected to. So almost like the time of space has collapsed in a way. And that to me is such a new experience because everything was more, um, even though I was plugged into other things, now I feel like really a global community, but in a positive way, not in this, you know, global agenda type of control thing, but like how we're coming together and finding one another, almost like we're creating the safe spaces everywhere that we know that we'll always be safe and connected and supported and all of that. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's great. That's, you know, having met so many good people from around the world, the only part of it that I'm very aware of is that we're all relying on uh, the internet for one and social media slash Zoom, you know, all, you know, owned by nefarious companies who can take it away at any moment. So there is a little false sense of security, I think, where we are, the way we connect, uh, you know, with our emails and Zoom or Facebook or Instagram went down, which it likely is going to at some point. Uh, on purpose and then will that make people go into a bit of a um, panic because now they feel disconnected so is that connection a real connection or is it a little bit of a uh, false sense of security I think it's both so I think for me what I'm doing is I'm making a point of obtaining people's contact details in a way that I can contact them by other means maybe it's a PO box maybe whatever it is and also really finding a connection as much as I can, even if you're, you know, across a long way away, can I connect? Uh, this is the question I ask myself. Here's two ladies in front of me. Can I connect with them? What can I connect to them through or about or what have you so I can feel part of you? And then in that regard, because I talk about this a lot, I think the more we rely on devices and technology, the less we're tapped into the natural version of that, which is what this version is based on and so if people are too based on their phones and social media and emails and they never uh, make that effort to connect with the individual themselves they could very well lose that connection because they never developed it for real mm. so uh yeah i mean i'm sure you guys talk about that a lot as well you know the akashic records and the uh just the natural connection that we all share so uh that's what i i endeavored to tap into is to connect with people on a what, how much I can so that if this all went down, I could still feel the people that I've met in some way, shape or form and connect. You know how you think about someone and they call you or whatever, yeah. that connection's there. And I think it's taken away a little when we overuse or rely on technology. 
and not that innate connection that we have. Yeah, I love that point, Tom. It's like that dependency, um, that dependency on on our devices and on on social media. And there's a few different things that came up for me as you were speaking just now. And one was this non-physical connection that really is the only way we're ever connected anyway, right? So it's tapping into that. Like when we get off our Zoom call here, we have created some sort of bond with each other, whatever that is and, and whatever, wherever that leads to. And the second thing is um, this, well, you said like, like getting people's contacts, like PO boxes and things like that. But it's, that's why it feels so relevant right now to create local community. And that's, and I know Liz and I are doing that here and we're in Los Angeles and, you know, it's just so beautiful to be together in person as much as we can. And I know before we hopped on here, you said something about you have a lot going on in the community there. And I'd love to hear about if whatever you'd like to share. Sure. Yeah. Well, we meet quite regularly with various community groups, which all started forming at the prospect of the first lockdown that we experienced. Now, our lockdown wasn't like other people's lockdowns. It was very tame, but it was a wake up call for people to realize, hey, if this happened, you know, uh, how would we still maintain our way of life? How would we communicate with each other? Where would we obtain food? Now, are we secure in food supply, um, transport or getting to places? Where do we find people if, you know, there's no communication around? And, um, and how do we prepare for them trying to tell us we have to wear masks or scan QR codes or anything like that? So our region is quite well prepared for all of that. People have been learning about their rights when it comes to mask wearing and QR code scanning and the potential uh, jab that people may be offered to take, which so far is quite tame, but at the same time, we don't know what's going to happen uh, in the near future. So people are very well prepared for that. And it's gotten people back to meeting in person much more often. And so much more comes out of that than, you know, the, uh, the online telegram chat threads or whatever, which, which you tend to turn off after a while because you get added to 100 <laughs> groups and you and then you go on one and there's 70 messages and I'm not going to read any of those. <laughs> so, yeah, in person is where it's at. And we, yeah. we, there's so much more that comes from that. And you know what? Even just the, the basic, basic element of sitting around a fire. There's so much comes out of a fire. It's like it's a, it transforms. And it's, it's almost like it changes the dynamic or things come out of the fire through you when you speak something that uh, has come from another place. And all these simple elements that we are lacking in modern society have come back in a big way for a lot of people and they've remembered. It's not like they've learnt anything new. Something in them has remembered where they really come from and what we're really meant to be doing. So that's why I keep saying I think this shake-up in the world has been a big favour for a lot of people. Mm. Yes. Yes to all of that. Yes. I love when you spoke about you said something that really touched me and I teared up um, and I was trying to not cry, not because I'm scared to cry because I can cry in front of everybody, but I just wanted to be present with the conversation. I didn't want to be all like, oh. but you said, I try to find something or I'm quoting here to the best that I remember, a part of me in the other. And that to me is just so beautiful because I feel like especially throughout last year, there's been so much division and so much, you know, lack of recognition of our own humanity in one another. And um, 
what if we went out in the world and all we looked for was that part of us in each other? Like we went to the grocery store and we were driving or we were walking, right? Instead of seeing somebody else doing something different than us, what if we looked for what's similar or what times in my life have I felt this way that I imagine that that person is feeling? Because truly we don't know. And you also spoke of what Tara and I often talk about here, what we call magic, which is everything that we can't explain, but it's everything that we're made of and how much more we are relying on that versus the things that we can quantify or process through the mind and just all of that. And just the beauty of that unfolding to me, it's really just so dynamic and so rich. And I keep finding the synchronicities and things that you can't explain. Or well, how did that come about? Or how was this possible? And I feel like to a certain percentage of us, I feel like that has been reignited. And as you were saying, like there is something that's helping us remember what we are made out of and why we're here. And that leads me to a question. Did you always know you were here for this time? Because oftentimes people say, oh, finally, I know why I'm here, you know, or was it something that you were like, oh, okay, okay, let's do this. <laughs> a bit of both. I always had a feeling something would come that I would have to uh, stand up and speak about because that's one of the, I think we're always given the gift of moving out of our shadow of whatever we might have into, you know, actually moving through that into um, what it's meant to transform into and for me it's always been not really wanting to have a voice wanting to be quiet and wanting to be left alone and uh and then realizing that that won't get that won't do me any favors and so so then uh, it's coming through that of that element of wanting to be a little hidden and then being okay with speaking and being uh in the spotlight or whatever yeah so that's been a big part for me but i i always had an inkling that it would come and that it would be something I don't even know if it's actually happened yet. That's the thing. I'm not sure that it's happened to its full extent. Perhaps something in the world is going to happen where it becomes more, it unifies in some event. I'm not sure. But yeah, to answer your question, it's a bit of both. And uh, yeah, and then that whole thing of seeing, you know, ourselves in others, that's, that's a big part of it too, because I was also getting really quite judgmental about others in ways that were creeping in without me really knowing because I was always, you know, as a kid, I experienced being teased and I experienced nothing like bullied badly or anything like that. But even still, I could always look at another as a being of some kind. And I remember I had a, a guy, a friend, you know, when I was uh, in early twenties and this happened through school too. Like I was friends with Asian kids and Hispanic kids and whatever. And this guy was apparently African-American. <laughs> I had no idea. He goes, I'm black. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, what do you think I am, white? And I'm like, I don't know. I just think you're my mate. It's just like I was super confused that he would have thought that I would see him as another color. And I was, I was like genuinely confused. I had no idea what was going on because I, I have always just seen somebody as, as them. I've never liked when somebody would judge or, uh, you know, distance from another based on, oh, sure, if they're in, you know, in, trying to think of a clean word but just an idiot you know if they're if they're not nice and they're being purposely belligerent and that let's sure yeah like get away but not if they're they look a certain way or and especially when i've always felt people when they're making a real effort to um, be nice to others or to fit in and then they get teased because of how they look or how they're coming across or the way they speak or and i just i've always felt that 
I, I could feel them. And, and so I've just never judged people in that regard. However, I noticed that I was judging people a lot based on their belief systems or their inability to think for themselves. And that's what I mean. That's why I got cynical and disillusioned with humanity in general, adults in particular, you know, just uh, having dealt with so many and seeing the course of the world, but sitting back on the sidelines and just watching it, just going, how are you people this dumb? And then, so that was really creeping into me being highly judgmental of, of others in that, in that way. And so this has been a good wake up for me because I've come very much back into how I was, where if I see someone wearing a mask, I don't think, oh, you moron, why are you wearing a mask? I really make eye contact with them and let them feel as comfortable as I can make them feel. And I don't judge them for doing that. And I find in turn, I'm not judged or seen as a threat for not wearing a mask. And uh, for example, so that's helped me a lot to come back into being less judgmental of others. And like you said, Liz, been seeing a part of myself in them. You know, what part of me used to be scared? What part of me used to not know? And then was what part of me was six years old that never grew up? That's what part of them is like five years old that's scared and is putting a mask on. Like, how can I hate on a five-year-old or call them a moron? They just don't know yet. So, uh, so letting go of that element, that judgmental side of myself where I'm a bit superior to others, you know, like how can you not know to put your indicator on or to stop here? It's mostly I get road rage more than anything. <laughs> but, yeah. but in society in general as well, it's like how can you – yeah, that's, that's how I used to be. It's almost like I could have probably had a red mark on my head every day from how many times I was <laughs> So yeah, that's that's been a blessing for me is to move beyond that and into more seeing myself in others. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think this this time has been for for all of us to who can I I think of it as being able to see more of the picture, right? Like like we can see there's a different perspective. Like maybe we're a little bit more zoomed out or a lot more zoomed out. And so, like you said, it's like a it's like a child that you wouldn't expect to cross the street by themselves. Um, as a five-year-old in the middle of New York City, you just wouldn't, you would have compassion for that child, you know? So that, that definitely has brought up in me as well this past year, the judgment and being like, WTF, like a lot, right? And then being able to then, like you say, look at these folks with just so much love and like, oh, yes, it's, you know, it's okay. It's what, it's what you're, it's what you're doing. It's your thing. Like, there's no problem. There's no problem. And I heard you on another interview you were doing um, and you were saying, you know, that your parents had, had gotten the jab or whatever. And you're like, I was just really happy for them. You know, that's, you had said something like that. Like, that's great because for them, it is great. They feel like it's great. So who are we to say, oh, that you shouldn't do that, or that's wrong for you. So just even that alone, where we can see the perspective of, wow, that maybe isn't such a great idea, but for you it is. And so that, that makes it okay. So just this whole judgment piece and, and looking at it as an observation instead of, instead of like a judgment. So thank you for that as well. Um, and I wanted to ask, you talked about health, health challenges, which probably brought you to your holistic health practitioner. Um, what, what would you say is like your big glaring like gift from that, from having that health it's probably not what you'd think. It's uh, it's not nothing to do with diet or lifestyle or detoxification. It's actually to do with the subtle bodies, where the 
Okay, because I've dealt with a lot of people who have gone through what I went through, which is chronic fatigue, in whatever way you call that. There's many different, chronic fatigue is a generic term for just not functioning. Got no energy, you can't recover from things, uh, you get depressed, you, there's, everything's working backwards. And um, it's got, yeah, it's got to do with diet for sure. Nutrition helps tremendously. So does detoxification. Because to get to that state, you have to be depleted of nutrients and enzymes and you have to be overly toxic. There's a toxic burden, a toxic load that tips you over. But the catalyst for that, because a lot of people are toxic and a lot of people eat really poor diets, the catalyst is actually stress. It's overly stressing the physical system. But that doesn't come from the physical. That comes from the more subtle bodies. That comes from the emotional body, inability to process uh, repression, uh, inability to feel or to find balance. And you know what's really common is a very strong mind. And you would think that a strong mind that just goes, yep, you've got the most difficult regime or program in the world, send it my way, I'll do it to the T. I will follow every letter, don't worry about that. I'm the most disciplined guy on the planet. That is the thing that will not get you out of your condition. It's the thing that will prevent you from getting out of your condition. And so I've, I've studied many, many people who have gotten themselves into like some kind of chronic fatigue state and that's there all of the time, a strong mind. It's a gift, obviously, because we see other people who are just like, pull your, you know, pull your socks up. What are you doing? What are you whinging about? Just get on with it. Like, how hard is it to just go from A to B? Just do it. You just do it. I don't understand why it's a problem. You're sitting there moping. It's just like, come on. <laughs> and so it's a gift because you can absolutely get through anything. You can like have your arm hanging half off your body and just go, it's all right. I'm still going to get to there. And it's just kind of like you forget about your arm and you, and you get there. It's a gift because it's, you know, otherwise you sit and you perish or you, uh, you endanger others because you now need attention for others to come and save you, whereas you can save yourself. Very, very positive attribute. However, everything has its complementary or mirror, mirror image. And that the other part of it means that we never actually get to feel a moment for what it is. We don't process things like grief or sadness or, uh, or rejection or uh, anything to that degree where it's like, yeah, no, that's fine. No, I'll just keep going. So there's a lot of repression that goes on in people that end up in the state that I was in. And it takes quite a while to work through some of those processes and actually start to come back more into that balance point of view, because that imbalance also drives you. It's like, yeah, I can train 20 hours a week. Yeah, I can work on that. You've got another task. I'll do that. You know, do you need some help with that? No, I'm good. I can do it myself. I can hitch my own trailer. I can do my own this. I can do my own that. I'll clean my own house. I'm not paying someone to clean the house. Why would I do that? You know, that that's that kind of attitude. And so, um, and that's what leads you to that stress. The, the stress comes up, even if you don't feel it as stress. You know, like I used to train a lot. Loved it. Every minute of training, loved it. Felt great. Made me feel good. Made me feel strong. Made me feel happy. But it was still stressing the system. Couple that with not getting enough rest, not having interpersonal relationships the way you're supposed to. It's just the sympathetic nervous system is just taxed. And then that becomes a catalyst for the toxicity and the, the uh, insufficiencies in nutrients and enzymes and everything else to form a collapse. And it's only when you start to heal those subtle bodies that your physical body will start to replenish despite having a good diet and a uh, good lifestyle. Yeah. Wow. I, I relate to that so much, Tom. I actually was diagnosed, if you will, with chronic fatigue syndrome when I was 22. So I spent 
yeah. a good 10 years in and out of that cycle. And like you said, the strong mind, just learning to surrender. And also I was so independent. So, nope, I got this. I got this. I got this. I got that was just, you know, how I was conditioned and how I grew up. So yeah, so much of that and total self-acceptance and total self-love and all those things. Like you said, all those different subtle bodies. So yeah, that's that's cool. I feel like we have so many similarities just as you talk in your life. I'm like, wow, me too. Are we the same person? <laughs> yeah, you know what's funny though is it's more common than you think. I remember when yeah. I was sick, I was around 20, I think I was 22, no, 23, I was maybe a year or two older than you when I first got like quite ill. And, uh, you know, I just thought, especially because I thought straight away, I came through studying biomedical science and you know, physiology and everything. And I was like, so go back to these guys. They're all experts. And they're all just like ghosting me. And then I'm like, I'll go to new doctors. And nobody, I I thought, I didn't think at the time that people wouldn't understand. I'm like, dude, I'm tired. Can't do anything. I was training like this. Now I can't even lift up a can of tomatoes. And I'm like, what's going on? And I would thought I'd think I'd get answers straight away. People would understand for sure. And it turns out nobody understood. And so I started feeling super isolated too, because even my parents, I ran out of it all money and everything. I went to go back and stay with my parents against my (laughs) didn't really want to but uh, and then they're like what are you doing it's just like just go to bed have some chicken soup and get up and get on with it (laughs) yeah it's uh that's and two weeks they're like why aren't you doing it it's like i don't know i I have no idea and so i after a while you start to go whoa you go into yourself and you think what's going on am i ever going to get better why aren't people helping me and i'm paying them money and i'm running out of money and no one's helping and uh so then you start to think nobody knows how this feels you really think that nobody, cause nobody can understand it. You go, I'm tired. Yeah. And they go, yeah, just, I don't know, have a nap. And you go, no, 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 no. It's not that kind of tired. I've been tired before. You know, I've gone three days without sleep. I've run marathons. I've done this. I've worked security. I've worked night shifts. I know what tired is. This isn't tired. It's a completely different thing. It's yeah. like somebody sucked the life out of me. There's no mm-hmm. life in me. It's just not there. And they just, they have, they can't, unless you've felt it, you literally can't. It's like a man trying to feel what it's like to pass a baby, you know, to give birth. It's like yeah. we, can, we can guess, we can look at a woman and just go, yeah, probably, I don't know, I can sort of, but you just wouldn't know the experience. And you also don't know the experience of having chronic fatigue and being fatigued to that state unless you experience it. It's just like nothing you can experience without having it. You can't do a three-day bender on Coke and beer and stuff and, and heroin and then it's still not the same. Not yeah. that I've ever done that, but I just know that it's not the same level of tiredness or fatigue. It's completely different. And so that in that regard, people just did not understand, would, would brush you off, just say, well, there's something wrong with you. It's all in your head. Mm-hmm. And then you start to feel nobody knows what this is like and I'm all alone and no one can help. So then having gone through it and then helped the many others, everyone tells me their story and I'm just like, do you know you tell me the exact same thing everybody tells me? The exact same things that yeah. started, exact same symptoms, exact same feelings of what you have now. So the way to uh, get through it, which is something that I will do in the near future, is make a, a kind of a course, I guess, on how to get through it. But there's also no one answer. It's actually just understanding principles, and then yeah, yeah the okay. diet will be different yeah. for everyone. The process, what, how do you come back into yourself? Different for everybody. But the principles are there from studying many, many people. But I'm not going to give like, this is how you heal from chronic fatigue. Right. You know, eat this, drink that, take that herb, sleep this, do that, see that. Dog. It's not, it, that won't work. 
Yeah. You've got to understand the principles of what's happening, what's broken down in the first place, and then you will be able to find your own way to, you know, come back from that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you said, the only way through is in, for me, it was just like, there was no one, no one to help me out there. Yeah. So it was, a, it was what I created for myself to completely be self-sourced and self-sufficient. And that, that, cause that was the only option. So then it was like, okay, what does that look like in using intuition and all these things? So yeah, mm -hmm. I love it. Yep. And that shell that we develop uh, as protection and that actually probably got us there in the first place, part of that strong will, that strong mind is uh, that's the thing that has to die. That has to actually die off because it's like a shell that has constricted life from flowing connection from source and earth kind of thing. It kind of like stops that hence the lack of vitality and you, that literally has to die, has to fall away for that yep. energy to start flowing again. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, maybe you'd like to uh, add something when I make the, I'll email you when I've got the uh, yeah. course. Yeah, do you, it. Yeah, you know, your journey or something. It'd be good sure. to get other people's perspectives, not just mine, because yeah. that can help people, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that we find each other, we find ourselves in each other's stories. So if you have more people talking about it, it's easier for somebody to relate and be like, oh, yeah. But as you were saying, most people seem to be very similar on that path. And I wonder if, as Tara said, that's, you know, that's a creation to get you to this place where you do realize that you have this, you know, shell we all do to a certain extent, but that's so thick or so hardened that it prevents you from then being balanced in all the bodies and just you went straight to the subtle body. And I feel like, again, we're tapping into those connections because we've been trained to just look at the physical body, right? Oh, there's a physical symptom. So how can we fix that? What supplement can I take? And, but wait a minute, what caused that? And I think that it's, I don't think, I feel like more and more people are realizing that you can only find the answer for yourself. You can have people help you find the answer but that ultimate answer is yours. And that's what we're all about here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's also yeah. why you can't test for it in blood tests. So many people get tested and their doctor says you're normal in yeah. basically every range. And it's like, but that's not the problem. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it probably makes you even more frustrated because you yeah. can figure it out through that system, which then now a lot of people know that what's in that system anyway for that kind of help. Right? Yeah, it's a total farce that mostly that whole system anyway. So it's yeah. And yeah. so with that, I keep thinking about, you know, what is it that we are creating? And um we when I think of that system, I think of like trauma centers. Yeah, let's have that for that. Great. You got into a car accident, you broke your arm, fabulous. Let's use that for that. But how can we reimagine that system or even create a new system because I don't know if that one can be reimagined to that level. Right. But how do you see health moving forward? Well, that's a good question. I definitely more self-reliance, self-sufficiency because it's also giving power away. It's why people just go, yeah, whatever. I'll just get McDonald's and I'll use my microwave. doesn't matter. I'll go to my doctor. If anything comes up, I don't need to know about my body because my doctor knows about my body. But that's also not true. <laughs> the doc your doctor probably doesn't know about your body at all. Uh, I mean, not tarring every doctor with the same brush, but by and large, that is the case. Yeah. And so having more, that's why I really love natural law 
because it brings the responsibility squarely back on the individual. A government's not going to look after you. Police aren't going to look after you. Laws aren't there to protect you. You are when you understand natural law. And the, it's, it's less about just, oh, I understand how to write a notice or whatever. It's more about empowerment because once you come back to yourself, that's, the, that's where the power is. You know, it's like we've been talking about the answers are inside, not outside. And so that's what it does. It brings you back to there. And that's where I think health will go as well. And I see health and natural law as they're, they're exactly on the same page. Mm. They, they relate to each other completely. And so, yeah, it's coming back to simpler things, natural, the natural way. And um, more and more people are doing that, which is great. And I see that as even in the way that we live, coming back more into community. And more into, I mean, people have known that for a long time, you know, the whole globalist thing is just never going to go anywhere. It's only a, a path to destruction. So coming back to community and localizing and that's just, yeah, it's a way forward. And uh, I think more and more people are walking that path now as well. Yeah. And I want to be respectful of your time, but we have a special question we ask our guests and I'm excited to hear your take on that, which is, what are you most excited in this new paradigm that we are co-creating? Right. <laughs> All of it, just the way, the way of life more than anything and a return to a greater connection, a groundedness to the earth, a connection to the above and, uh, and living in that paradigm. But the way that that feels is just that if I feel it right here, even just like feeling into that with everybody living that way feels amazing. And that's kind of what it should feel like. That's, that's what I feel like we were born to feel. And then this, the disconnection from that is that removes this fire, this warmth from in here, this area. I don't know if it's the same area for others, but that's where <laughs> I feel it. And, uh, and that's, that's exciting for me. It's like, you know, when you feel into a, well, when people are going into their manifestation, for example, and they want to feel into what their future looks like, or I've met my partner, or I now live in this part of the world, or this is what it feels like to be comfortable or happy or whatever it is. And to feel people living connected to the earth and connected to the above, you know, grounded, it's just, that's, it feels amazing. And that's what I'm super excited about. But, and what I'm really excited about as well, funnily enough, is what it's going to take to get there. It's going to look horrible, I think. There's, there's, <laughs> yeah. We talk be, about that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like people people need to, uh, there's part of us all that needs to die off in order to experience that. And I'm really looking forward to it. It's I always liken it to the kid on the swing it's, mm -hmm. or, or on top of a skateboard ramp or something about to let, they're like crying. It's like, no, I can't, I can't do it. This is the worst thing. Save me, save me. And they can't hold on any longer and they fall or the swing goes. And then they're like, that was the best thing ever. Do it again. <laughs> And, but, but it's like funny watching them cry because you can see where they are and where they're going to go. And it's like, oh, this is just classic. But yeah. they're in here and they're holding on for dear life. And then, and then they love it. And I'm going to go through it as well. I'm not saying I'm like there now and other people aren't, but I just have been through enough of my own deaths to not fear that and to really look forward to it. And, but on, in the general populace, it's going to get messy. Yep. <laughs> And that's why we're all here <laughs> to be guardians yeah. of that, I think. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's going to be great on the other side. And I'm really looking forward to that. I'm even looking forward to the transitionary period. I think that's going to be super interesting too. Yeah. I want to see what's going to bring out in all of us. Yeah. Like the really self 
sourced and connected, as you said, grounded and connected and just what's what superpowers are we going to be reclaiming? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yes. So fun. Yeah. Well, Tom, this has been so great. Thank you so much for your time, for being with us today. And maybe we'll have a part two down the line since sure. we seem to yeah, have so definitely. much to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy to do that. Definitely. Nice. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for Thank joining. Thank you. We'll see you next week.